0: Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council.
1: My name is Chris Schoblum. I'm Vice President for Research and Economist at the Washington Research Council. And with me today is Emily Makings, Senior Research Analyst with the Council. We're here to talk to you about news from the last week. On the economy, The big piece of news in the last week has been the uh, monthly employment report from the U.S. uh, Department of Labor. That showed that in February, the U.S. gained 295,000 jobs, a very nice increase. Um, And this followed a revised gain of of 239,000 jobs in uh, January and then uh, 329,000 jobs in December. All in all, the last three months, very strong job growth. By the time your, the, our listeners will be listening to this podcast, uh, Washington will have uh, made its report of jobs uh, for the month of January. Um, this is due out on uh, Tuesday, March 10th. The uh, January job report for, on the state level is always quite a bit delayed because of some technical issues. Uh, but then from the following week, uh, on March 18th, we'll have uh, a report for the state for jobs in February and at that point we'll have a a pretty good reading on where the state has been economically for the first two months of the year.
0: Does the state follow the
1: national numbers at
0: all? I mean is there anything you can divine from national numbers?
1: it, It tends to follow the national numbers. I know that when the uh, that state economists, uh, when they're trying to filter through the, the initial, I, I've written about, you know, in the past about how the initial um, state-level employment reports are prone to a certain amount of error due to the sampling, and they're subsequently revised uh, when we get a uh, full count of jobs. Uh, and uh, one of the ways the state economists deal with the, uh, uh, the error in the, in the initial state reports is to factor in something from the national report. So there is some information in there for us. Now, I understand you did interesting blog posts last week that you wanted to talk to us about.
0: Yes. In the state legislature, there are a couple of bills that would exempt the Western Hockey League from a number of labor laws in the state. Specifically, the apparently the Department of Labor and Industries has had has an open investigation into the league for violating child labor laws. And this league is um, it's the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Spokane Chiefs, and there are a couple of, of others in the state. And they're, they tend to be players who are 16 to 20 years old teenagers. And so the idea is that they are currently considered amateurs and not employees, and hence they are not subject to these labor laws. But the L&I investigation may say otherwise. So the state legislature has is moving forward to exempt them from these labor laws. There's a bill in the House, and it passed unanimously by the House Labor Committee. And then there was also a bill in the Senate that unanimously passed was passed by the entire Senate. And there have been some statements by Democrats in the press that would lead you to or leads me to questions about why they don't feel, or why they feel the way they do about the minimum wage for everyone. One Democrat said this is something that will maintain opportunities for our amateur athletes and help them advance their careers. But when you get to the minimum wage um, the minimum wage increased to $12 and statewide was passed um, with solid Democrat support in the House and bills that would have created a lower training wage for teenagers haven't done as well in the house and they were opposed by democrats in the senate so i wonder what the difference is essentially and why these athletes who are teenagers are not subject to labor laws then why are all other teenagers supposed to be paid the minimum wage it's an interesting uh, juxtaposition
1: i thought good questions very good questions one other item that I thought I would uh, like to bring up is an issue that's been bubbling along for a while we haven't talked about before. Um, that is um, the proposal in the city of Seattle to impose a linkage fee, uh, which would be paid by developers of, um, of office buildings and apartments. This uh, last week, there was a, a lawsuit filed by a group of developers challenging the linkage fee, or, uh, more specifically, challenging the city's decision that the uh, the linkage fee would have uh, would have minimal impacts and therefore was not would not be required to go through uh, formal review under the State Environmental Protection Act (SEPA). The linkage fee w- would impose a, a, a what I would call a tax. They continue to call a fee for particular reasons, um, of $5 to $25 uh, a square foot on, on new construction. Uh, money for the linkage fee would go into an affordable housing fund. Um, this was passed through the uh, city council in, uh, in the fall. The issue on this, of course, is if you're worried about the affordability of housing, it seems sort of backwards to use a vernacular phrase, <laughs> um, to impose a tax on people who want to build more housing. You know, it's a simple economic supply and demand. The rents people pay is, is, um, is determined by the intersection of supply and demand. If you, if you uh, uh, put a tax on people who are supplying housing, you're going to have a intersection of supply and demand where rents are higher. More or less is
0: created, right?
1: Yeah, because less is created, shifts the supply curve in, and the intersection is is at a point uh, with higher rents and lower quantities. So it, it's interesting to follow. And, you know, those of us who kind of believe in economics um, are continually to be amazed at, uh, at how some of our elected officials just don't get it. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so... This has been Chris Schoblum and Emily Makings of the Washington Research Council. Nice uh, to spend some time with you and look forward to talking next week.
0: In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information,
1: go to researchcouncil.org.